0: Love
1: night. Amen. Enjoying the cooler weather outside too. Amen. Let's try. I give you my heart. It's been a while since we've done that. Key of F. This is my
0: desire to honor live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake. Lord, have your a light that shines on me for all the world to see. Oh, and he's in the house. Death had
1: When Jesus walks in the room. Amen. Amen. He's sweet, I know. Key of F. The brothers should come receive the offering at this time. Let's see if I can remember how it starts. Oh, He's sweet, I know.
0: Oh, He's sweet, I know. Dark clouds. I know, yes, he's sweet. I know.
1: Maybe not. Can't get the tune in my head. That's all right. I'll practice it after church tonight and we'll get it Sunday. All right. Jesus, I'll never forget what you've done for me. Key of F. Oh, Jesus, I'll never forget what you've done for me.
0: Jesus, I'll never forget how you set me free. away
1: Amen We'll keep that same key I don't
0: know what you came to do But I came to praise the Lord Oh, I don't know what you came to do But I came to praise the Lord I don't know what and I came to praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 I don't know what you came to do. I came to praise the Lord. I don't know what you came to do. I came to praise the Lord. I don't know what you came to do. I came to praise the.
1: here for amen we'll go to the lord in prayer amen i spoke to our pastor yesterday and he said he was doing some better Um, he was just kind of got was kind of wore out in his body but the lord was touching him we're thankful for that amen let's remember him as he's ministering this evening the lord will continue to strengthen him sister joan has a praise report she wants to thank the Lord for restoring her strength. She's been able to do some of her tasks around the house, so very thankful for that. Amen. Sister Kimberly will be traveling to Jamaica, I believe, tomorrow uh, for a funeral. So let's remember Sister Sister Kimberly, the Lord will give her traveling mercies. And we'll still remember Sister High as she's traveling um, and the ones who were up at the wedding uh, up there for the family and all that. Lord, give them traveling mercies and be with the, the wedding this Saturday. Amen. and Sister Erica Parker, I want to continue to hold her up before the Lord, thanking God for a work that's already done. Same for Holly. That the Lord will just thanking the Lord in advance for a work that's already done. Amen. Amen. Brother Jimmy, if you don't mind, come take Lord in prayer this evening. Anybody have an unspoken prayer request?
2: Want to say I certainly appreciate your prayers and uh, for you know for the Lord has really touched me. But I'm still a little bit kind of awake, and uh, I just want to. I, I almost wanted to say this. I, I didn't get a chance to write it down. but I was going to probably give it to Brother Brian, but then, but now I got the opportunity to tell you. I can tell you myself. Uh, I, I went to the doctor and not knowing what was going on, didn't know whether I had COVID, didn't know if I had the, the flu, didn't know what I had, but I know I was sick. And, uh, and, but, you know, the prayers of the saints really helped me along the way. But I went through, <laughs> I went through probably two bottles of Nyquil, day and night, both bottles of that. Went through two boxes of uh, over-the-counter medication that uh, Jessica brought me went through two boxes of uh, bodies that the doctor gave me, and, uh, and I wasn't quite feeling well enough, and I said, well, let me call this doctor and see what's going on because something's wrong. And uh, so I did go back up to see the doctor, and uh, <clears throat> one of the guest practitioners that come in and take your battle signs, came in and told me, you know you had pneumonia. I said, what? No, I did not know I had pneumonia. And and I got a little bit mad because with pneumonia, I I mean I know I'm really accepted to pneumonia. This is probably about my second or third time having pneumonia, but I did not know I had pneumonia. And if I Knew I had pneumonia. Then I uh, certainly had my daughter Jessica to stay with me and watch over me because pneumonia is not nothing to play with. Uh, so when the doctor come in and and, and I said, "You didn't tell me I had pneumonia," uh, she said, "Well, the person that called you supposed to tell you what was going on." And I'm, I said, "No, they did not tell me. They say I had a little bit of inflammation in my lungs and uh, uh, and." and uh, you know, something that was going along with the pilot. And I said, well, with pneumonia, you, you know, you use to hospitalize. And, and uh, so it kind of bothered me a little bit and that I did not know that. And there's certain things you need to do. And, and I, forgive me for saying this, but I wanted to let you know, in case maybe one of you have to know this, uh, with pneumonia, you, you can't lay flat in your bed. You have to be propped up. I did not know that, and and I was wondering why and where I couldn't sleep at night. I'm coughing all night, and I'm getting up in the middle of the night, coughing and can't hardly go. And I'm thinking I just got a chest cold. So uh, a couple of nights I I put a Vicks on trying to sweat it out. Well, that's the wrong thing to do because with pneumonia you get a fever, and it, it can kill you. So I I got a little mad with the doctor. I I'm saying you should have told me that. What uh, uh, it, 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 it wasn't her that call me but whoever the person that called me should have let me know it was pneumonia so I can treat it better but uh but by the grace of God I'm still coughing and uh and I just ask you to continue to pray for me and help me because this weekend I'm I need to travel to South Carolina my mom turned 88 and I need to travel down and be with her this weekend and I you know uh, ask for your prayers and that, you know, the Lord continue to touch my body but I I, I I, was saying to myself today as I was going one time, one minute I'm okay the next minute I'm kind of weak and feeling bad but I said if I can get to church I'll be alright and, and thanks Ooh. to God I feel alright I, 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 I honestly say I feel I feel like myself I wasn't even knowing know whether I can even sing along with the songs about coughing because I'm constantly coughing and I think I might, may have coughed time since I've been here, but, you know, I just thank the Lord for his mercy and his grace and, and all that he's doing for us all. I know we all battling, and going through things, and this had been a tough time since my wife left me, and I tell her, I'm, I tell her she ain't going nowhere else, no, no, no more, she's not leaving me home. Yeah, so it's been been tough, but I really certainly appreciate your prayers and continue to pray for for her and, and continue to pray for me and pray for one another and all the ones that's traveling that Brother Brian read off, pray for them. Let us bow and go before the Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, we come before you tonight, Lord, with thanksgiving, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your mercy, your love, your kindness, Lord. We thank you for watching over us and keeping us, Lord, when we can't keep ourselves, Lord, you know all about us, Lord. Although, Lord God, I was under a a mighty sickness, Lord God, and I could have done something, Lord. It made things worse. But, Lord, you kept me, Lord God, and nothing haven't gotten any worse than what it was, Lord but I know, Lord God, that you have touched my body and have strengthened me and I'm coming around, Lord, and feeling much, much better, Lord, and I thank you for that. Oh, God, we just look to you, Lord God, and not just uh, my issues, Lord God, but we all have things going on in our life, Lord, knowing as our pastor has been ministering, Lord God, that we're in that season, oh God, where the battle is going to get heated and we only can turn to you, Lord, and turn to your promises, Lord. If we can take your word, Lord God, you say the name of the Lord is the scroll Tower and the righteous run in and they are saved. Oh God, if we can take your word and apply it, Lord God, to our life and Lord God, we'll be able to make it through, Lord God. And we can put on the whole armor of God, Lord God, for protection, Lord God, and do the things that we need to do, Lord. Help us to read your word and pray one for another each and every day, Lord. Help us to love one another with all our heart, Lord God, as I listened to the prophet just the other day. Oh God, how you is talking about how time is just drawing nigh. And that been many years ago, how you say, Lord, it can come anytime. Oh God, it And and he can still come, Lord. You can still come anytime now, Lord God. But, Lord, it's more later than we think, oh God. Oh, I just pray, Lord God, with the world falling apart all around us, Lord, help us, oh God, to put our eyes on your word, Lord God, and help us, oh God, that, oh, we apply your word to our life, Lord God, and trust in you, Lord. We have no trust in no one else, Lord. There's nothing else that we can turn to, Lord, outside of you, Lord God. i pray, Lord, that you will go to the ones that desire to be here tonight, Lord, and cannot be, Lord God. There is many needs and many sickness, Lord God. The enemy is trying to attack us, Lord, Lord God. But I know, Lord God, you watch us over us and you keep us, Lord God. Thank you for healing our pastor, Lord. Strengthen him, Lord God. And may you continue to help him, Lord, along the way in his ministry, Lord. Knowing that the enemy is trying to, oh God, come out to the head, Lord God. That, oh, if he can kill the head, then the body will die. Lord. But Lord, we know that your protection is all around him, Lord God. Not only him, but each and every one of our sisters and brothers, Lord. Knowing the angels camp round about us each and every day where we go, Lord God. You are with us, Lord God. And you protect us, Lord God. You have given us that promise, Lord God. You have given us your word, Lord. Oh God, I just pray once more, Lord, that you will come tonight, Lord. Oh God, no doubt. Oh God, our pastor been laboring, and trying to see what he can bring to the people that you have Given to him. Oh God, we know it will be a blessing, Lord. As I said, Lord, earlier, Lord God, I was feeling bad before I got here. But Lord God, I feel very well now. And I thank you, Lord, for strengthening my body. Oh God, I thank you for all that you has to us, Lord. Oh God, bless each one. Help them, oh God, to enter in. Oh, put everything aside, Lord, that may be bothering them. And oh God, enter into the word tonight, Lord God, that they may be touched, Lord, that they'll leave this place and know, oh God that was in your presence, Lord. Oh, God, I ask you to remember my wife, Lord. May you continue to keep her safe and bring her back home safely, Lord God. One that's going to be traveling, Lord, God, out of country, Lord, be with them, Lord. Oh, God, we all have so many needs, but we look to you, Lord, because you know you are mindful of each and every one. We give you glory, give you honor, and give you praise, Lord, because it's already done. Oh, come once more, Lord, and bless your people in a mighty way. Oh, we ask these many blessings in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus. Christ we pray
1: amen amen so thank the Lord for touching brother Jimmy amen. Amen. amen just goes to show you these doctors down here amen these doctors down here they're only practicing but we know the best doctor amen, amen. we'll sing this um wasn't on my list of G We'll sing this We invite our pastor out this evening.
0: Every praise is to our God. Every word of worship we want to call. Every praise, every praise is to our God. Hallelujah.
3: to be the church amen Amen. Amen. wednesday night i was you know listening to brother jimmy and and i don't know what what attacked me Mm -hmm. this weekend and uh and still the lingering effects have no idea started running a temperature on monday Mm -hmm. almost 101 and of course you when you're in my situation just come through a uh knee replacement surgery that the uh, mm-hmm. metal in your body attracts infection mm-hmm. and uh, automatically you know the enemy comes right in when we start having a temperature and saying okay here we go again so mm-hmm. well we mm-hmm. just hold on to the promise of God Amen. hold on to the prayers that the saints are praying and, uh, and just keep pressing on uh, sometimes you know <laughs> you go to the doctor mm-hmm. they ain't got no answers mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: and uh, you know they like like I've said for years, and Brother Brian said, hey, they're still practicing, but I know yes. one that's not still practicing, he's got all the answers tonight, Amen. and uh, he is the great physician, Amen. and uh, I had not felt good all week,
4: in,
3: in your body, and my flesh, you just ain't felt good all week, and just trying to get ready for church tonight. And, and uh, my, my shirt was almost completely drenched with sweat just trying to get ready for church
4: mm-hmm.
3: And realizing that once again the devil tells on himself right. nice. he, he don't right. want something to be delivered right. somehow i don't i don't understand how he knows that there's a visitation on the way that part i don't understand so don't ask me uh, but somehow he knows when god's on his way right, right. and so he tries to disrupt things and tries mm-hmm. to make Sarah a little fussy and throw mm-hmm. You know, throw a hair in the biscuit, Brother Ram mm. said, and different things. Trying mm. to cause things to go in uproar, and many times he does. Right. But it ain't going to stop the plan of God. Right. And uh, the, I, I, I go back to the wings of Snow White Dove in 65. The message will get through. Sometimes we may have to go through hell to get through but the message will get through. Amen. So it's good to be in the house of the Lord, and it's glad that God touched Brother Jimmy. and and you continue to remember remember me whatever this is I don't know it's kinda coming and going one day is good the next day it really stinks and so uh, you really don't know what to expect one day to the next so uh, at the end of the day we just keep fighting the good fight Paul said it was a good fight so we just keep fighting Romans chapter 2 aren't you glad we're in chapter (laughs) 2 people thought Romans chapter 1 was eternal I am going to go back for a reference in chapter 1, but we're not going to go into much detail in chapter 1. <clears throat> Romans chapter 2. I think, I, I, think <laughs> I dealt with enough of that on last Wednesday. I don't need to go into much of that anymore. Mm-hmm. On Wednesday, I think the message certainly did get through on that. Um, dealing with Romans chapter 1 and what Paul ended up with, Uh, We'll go back and look at a few of those things. But um, some of the very same exact things that you and I are dealing with now. Mm -hmm. That they were dealing with then. Mm -hmm. But Paul goes into this. It's very striking that Paul takes this turn in chapter 2. Now remember... uh, when the King James Bible was put into chapters and verses, that when Paul was writing a letter, he didn't put it in chapters and verses. He was writing a letter. So when we go to chapter two, Paul didn't go to chapter two. This is actually a continuation of chapter one. He's when you when you write a letter, you don't go chapter one, chapter two. At least I don't. I just write a letter in paragraphs. When I want to change my thought, then I change paragraphs. But as far as uh, chapters and verses he didn't write it that way mm. uh, those that translated the Bible did it that way so remember that Paul is carrying on his thought mm.
4: yeah. and
3: that's why I said I'll go back to chapter 1 and let you know what he ended up with when they uh, translated the Bible what they he, they ended up with to turn into chapter 2 mm. verse number 1 he says therefore thou art inexcusable oh man whosoever thou art that judgest for wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself.
4: Hmm. Right.
3: For right. thou that judgest, doest the same things.
4: That's right.
3: May God have His blessings. The reading of His word, you can be saved.
4: <laughs>
3: Didn't get very far, brother Daniel. One verse. Well, we're going to go back in, in chapter one. I'm going to keep an eye on the time tonight. Chapter one, when Paul ends up. And we didn't go into detail for, I didn't go into detail for a reason. Some of these things, as, as Charles Purgeon said, that he said chapter 1 shouldn't be, even be read in public. Uh, I don't believe it shouldn't be read in public, but a lot of the details maybe shouldn't be gone into. Uh, what things that was going on uh, during that time frame. Just like today, some of the things that's going on in our culture, a lot of the details don't need to be gone into. They're not edifying, especially in a church setting. Um, if you can't if you ain't figure some of these things out by now, then yes, you need to get an adult to talk to you.
4: Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
3: <laughs> uh, some of these things are, are self-explanatory of what's going on in the world. Um, but the sad thing about it is that even uh, Paul ends up with this. and In the final verse in chapter 1, Paul says, Who knowing the judgment of God... That they which commit such things, and and we'll go through, just read them. I'm not going to go through them, but just read them in a minute. They which commit such things are worthy of death. Mm -hmm. Not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Mm -hmm. Knowing that the judgment of God is just around the corner. Knowing Mm -hmm. that God's wrath is going to be poured out upon this generation, yet it don't stop people from doing Mm -hmm. what they want to do. The wrath of God, knowing that there is going to be a judgment seat, Mm There is going to be a, 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 a tribulation period. There's going to be the wrath of God poured out upon this generation. The Bible says the heat will be so hot it will melt the elements.
4: Mm. You
3: and I can't comprehend that type of heat. You and I, you and I can't comprehend uh, a World War Three of nuclear warfare. When we look at the uh, pictures of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, and I've showed them before, years ago, when you look at the before and after, And you look at where a city was, and all of a sudden, one bomb, just one bomb of the intelligence that they had back in the 40s. Mm. They had back then, and a a complete city is leveled. It just was there, and then it's not.
4: Mm.
3: Just one bomb. This now, we're talking about, you know, we're talking about uh, 70, 80 years of intelligence that they've grown Mm. since then.
4: That's
3: Uh, right. Now, what do they have as far as nuclear intelligence? We don't know, but they had enough back then to completely destroy a city for it to be there in one picture and the next picture be taken mm-hmm. and it's completely leveled. Oh, yeah. Now, uh, Brother Ram said one of these days a drunken Russian is going to push mm. the button. Mm. Mm. It's going to push the wrong button which will be the right button. Yeah. And uh, what's going to happen is they've got a bomb with USA's name on it oh, yeah. and it's going to be dropped over here and he said millions will die in seconds. Mm-hmm. And it would be the beginning of World War III, which I told you just the other day. That's S I R I, because I didn't change it because she's going to hear me and say something and it's going to embarrass me. They already have that program to end their system of when this is going to happen and how many how many countries are going to be involved and how many people are going to die. Um, and when I when I did that, I. I I tested it. It actually came back with some some serious statistics, and I was like, "How do they already know? Or how do they even put some kind of programming in to these devices to where they have an under some kind of understanding of a time frame of when World War III is going to happen? Uh, somebody knows more than we think they do. There's there's people in control. We know that the Roman Catholic Church is behind everything. She's behind it all. She's the one that's drunken with the blood of the martyrs. Is that right? And so she's behind a whole lot that's going on with the money system she owns the wealth of the world mm, right. and when we want to talk about Jeff Bezos and different ones that's got billions no the ones that's got the one on the earth is uh, we're talking about on the earth we know who's got the wealth of, of everything which is God but right. as far as the wealth of the world mm. it's the Catholic Church right, right. Uh, you can't put enough zeros behind what she owns right. um, and so and and she's got no conscience
4: mm.
3: The thing, 68 million people that she, she killed during the dark ages in the name of religion. Mm. That if you didn't do exactly what they said to do, then you died. Mm. Under the name of religion. They killed, and, and, the, and the thing about the Catholic ch- church is they have the, uh, their, they make their own rights, their own uh, abilities of what they can and cannot do. They, they make up their own rules as they go. Uh, they can actually uh, kill somebody for being a heretic, like or, or burn somebody at the stake like they did Joan of Arc, as a witch mm. because she was a gifted person. Brother Rem talks about her several times and says she had a gift, and that she, they, was, they used her in the army uh, to know certain things because she was a gifted person. And mm. uh, she was elevated as a general in the in, in the army of the country she represented. And then the Catholic Church got a hold of her and burned her. She was like eighteen, nineteen years of age. And they burned her at the stake as a witch. And then years later, they dug up her bones and made a saint out of them. <laughs> See, they judged her in the beginning as a witch. And then they came back later and it's like they can, do a, they can have a do-over.
4: Right.
3: Let's rewind this. Let's reverse this. We don't, we don't judge her no more as a witch. Now we judge her as a, as a saint. See, they have the ability they, they, they think they do rather to to have that ability or that right that they can burn somebody, although damage has already been done. Yeah. Right. There's no there's no point in you know digging up somebody's bones and making them a saint after you already burn them at the stake. Right. I mean the damage has already been done. There's you know, there's no saying I'm sorry, that's going to change that. Uh, but yet the Catholic Church herself has got so much to answer for. That God Himself says, "I will remember her sins." See, ours He don't remember. Aren't you glad? But He says, "Hers I will remember. I will keep those in my remembrance. Those are not going out of my memory. Those do not go in the sea of God's forgetfulness. God will remember every sin she ever committed, and He's going to hold her accountable. Uh, That's why not only do you not want to be a part of that system, you don't want to be a part of the daughter system either." And see, what I'm, what I'm afraid of is that that spirit has crept into the message. That spirit of a denomination makes whoever takes on that spirit makes them a daughter as well. Just because if you don't have the name outside that says Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, Catholic, whatever, if you take on that spirit or that anointing of a denomination, that you are a denomination. When you draw people in and draw people out, that's what denominations do. According to a belief system, according to your creeds and your dogmas, people are drawn in and they're drawn out. And it's happening in this message. Some of you don't know that, but it is. Uh, Pastors and preachers, they get together and they have their little circle of friends and their circle of buddy system that they have. And if you're not a part of that, then you're, you know, your servant seed. And they they feel like that they they have a right to call people that. Well, I don't feel like they have a right to call people that. Because I just read to you that... uh, Paul says in chapter 2, you're without excuse, oh man. Uh, if you judge somebody uh, for wh- wherein thou judgest another, you're condemning your own self because you're guilty of the same things you're judging them of. You know, it's like Matthew chapter 7 when Jesus, uh, the very, uh, Matthew 7 1 says, Judge not, lest thou. Be judged, and, it, and Jesus goes on to that in that same chapter, chapter seven of Matthew, and goes on into the parable of the the mote and the beam. Wow. Uh, one having a toothpick, we break it down because people don't understand moat and the beam, mm-hmm. but you understand toothpick, and telephone pole. Right. 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 You know, when we, when we judge somebody, oh, we look at somebody else. Well, look at them; they're doing this. Well, say you got a telephone pole in your eye, and you're judging somebody for a toothpick in theirs. And I'm gonna tell you, I'm, like most of you know, I've been in the message all my life since I was five years of age, and I've seen a lot of criticism. Yeah, if you want to be, <laughs> if you want to go to the Hall of Fame, you got to go through the Hall of Critics. Yeah. And I've never seen a better Hall of Critics than this message. Right. You will absolutely be uh, critiqued, and it's not a lot of times it's not a good critiquing. I don't mind. I don't mind the critiquing that is for for me to be a better person. If you want to critique me, if you want to judge me, if you want to, in, in order to help me be a better person, then go ahead and critique me. But don't critique me to tear me down. There's a difference, and you're trying to give somebody constructive criticism, or you're trying to tear somebody down by, by uh, criticism. I do want to make it to a Hall of Fame, but you do have to go through the Hall of Critics. But understand that... Uh, this 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 hall of critics that we go through must be constructive criticisms in order to help you be a better person. Uh, you know, I am still not the father, the husband, the pastor, the son, the brother, the person I want to be. So if, if somebody has answers, Or somebody has a, you know some kind of advice or counsel to give me, uh, it it may it may uh, criticize me. But if it's going to help me, I don't mind to be criticized. If it's going to make me a better person, if it's going to make me a better pastor. I don't mind another pastor critiquing me, That's right. not to tear me down, but to help me be a better pastor.
5: Amen.
3: So you're not helping somebody if you're just critiquing them to, to tear them down. That's, right. That's not true criticism. Right. True ki- criticism is you critique somebody to make them a better person. That's, right. That's why the Bible tells the elder sisters to talk to the younger. Right. The elder brothers to talk to the younger. Right. Actually to, to critique them, to help them be a better person because of the things you went through, you don't want them to go through. But see, the younger generation don't know how to take criticism. Because they take it as offensive. We're not trying to be offensive. We're trying to help you be a better person. You know, you, you take a, 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 you know, uh, when I was when I first got married, you know, and, and I wanted to be the best husband, the best father once we had Austin and then Alyssa coming along. I wanted to be the best father that I could be. And I didn't feel like that James Dobson was the answer. right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if I had a question, I'd go to my dad. Because obviously my dad, he raised six kids. He knew how to, at least he had some experience anyway. Whether it was right or wrong, he did have the experience. Uh, So, it's biblical for the elder ones in the church to take the younger ones under their wing. And it not be offensive. To actually help this person say, look, now I made this mistake and this mistake. I don't want you to do the same thing. And then many young people, they want to, well, let me learn on my own. Well, yeah. okay, hard head. Yeah. Stubborn. Yeah. You, you ain't going to like what you come in, in contact with. We're just trying to help you here. We're not trying to offend you. We're trying to help you here.
4: Yeah.
3: Uh, trying to, to get you be a better, you know, whatever it is. You know, whatever uh, you've know whatever you call, been called to do in life, uh, we want you to be a better person at that. Uh, so therefore, God has placed people in our lives to critique us, Amen. to not to offend us, but to help us be a better person. And so Paul says, he said, and I'm going to read this from the uh, uh, from the Amplified again this evening, uh, chapter two, verse one. Paul uh, in the Amplified it says, therefore you have no excuse or defense or justification, O man, whoever you are, who judges and condemns another. For imposing as a judge and passing sentence on another, you condemn yourself, because you who judge are habitually practicing the very same things. See, we got to be careful. Of the stones that we throw, yes. right. that you're not taking away from your own foundation. Amen. Because if you're taking the stones you're throwing from your own foundation, your house is going to fall. That's right. Jesus was the only one that was worthy of throwing a stone. And he's the one that didn't. Anybody here without sin cast the first stone. He had a right to do so because he was without sin. But he didn't. He didn't. He asked the you woman taking adultery, where are those thine accusers? She said, I have none, Lord. And she was right. He wasn't there to condemn her either. He wasn't there. Because you know the accuser of the brethren is not Jesus. And it shouldn't be us.
4: All right. That's
5: right.
3: There's one accuser of the brethren. It might get tight before we get out of here tonight. That's all right. Um, so many times, you know, we've got we've got demons we're fighting and we're throwing other people under the bus for the demons they're fighting. Uh, wait a minute now. Let's let's look at the big picture here. We're all fighting demons. We're all fighting something. We're all going through some kind of uh, demonic oppression and, and, and spiritual warfare. Can I get a witness? We're all going through spiritual warfare. So none of us have a right to throw anybody under the bus and to throw any stones at anybody, to condemn anybody, or to pass sentence on anybody. Now we can. Jesus tells us to bear, you know, uh, whatever tree uh, fruit it bears, you can Amen. tell what kind of tree it is. Amen. Understand that. But Paul was in the in the Amplified. Here it says to pass sentence. Mm. See, that's the part I don't want to do. You can you can judge a tree by the fruit it bears, but that's not passing sentence. Amen. Because I don't want you to pass sentence on me because your mercy may not match His mercy. Right. Amen. He might be more of a merciful judge than you are. So you can judge me according to the fruit that I'm bearing, because my life my life tells who I am. The fruit in my life tells who I am. So does it you. Everybody else. We can't help that. Don't judge me, was there? Don't judge me. I'm not judging you. I'm just inspecting. That's all I'm doing. I'm noticing that you're bearing certain types of fruit. You got anger issues because you got anger fruit. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, I mean, I'm not judging you. I'm not passing sentence on you. I'm, I'm telling. I'm not telling you you're going to hell over this. I'm telling you there's help for you over this. Amen. See the huge difference in why somebody would would say this about somebody. I'm doing. I'm only bringing this out to help you. Oh, you're bringing this out from underneath the blood. First of all, I want somebody to find that quote.
4: <laughs>
3: that when you bring something out from underneath the blood, you're guilty of that. I want somebody to find me that quote. Bring it to me. We've quoted it for years, and I've studied, I've, I've looked for it for years. Mm. I, I've, I've typed it in it any way I can think of, possibly, and I ain't found it yet. Mm. Boy, it's quiet in here. Mm. Boy, we've used that against people, haven't we? Mm. Don't bring that out beneath the blood. If you do, you're guilty of that. Well, I can't find it. First of all, it's certainly not a scripture. Mm.
4: That's right. It's
3: quiet in here. That's right. People like it when I study, but then in other, other things, they don't like it when I study. <laughs> Then you find out he didn't say things we thought he said for years and years and years. Things that was quoted when I was a kid. I've grown up in the message. Ministers would come by and say, you know, and they that would just you know they wouldn't read it. They would just quote the quote. They wouldn't read it, you know, verbatim off a piece of paper or off of, you know some kind of computer or tablet or whatever. Uh, they they would quote the quote. And over the years, the quotes got misquoted. <laughs> And then, and then, and then, come to find out, I, you know, studying a certain, along a certain line, say, hey, that quote would fit right here. And then you go to looking for it, and you can't find it. Mm-hmm. Then you reach out to somebody else and say, hey, have you ever found this quote? No, I've looked for it for years. <laughs> Man, we've quoted it for years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have, but I can't find it. Well, then you reach out to somebody else, and lo and behold, it's not even in there. Mm-hmm. Can't nobody find it? We we've, we've misquoted the quotes. Mm-hmm. And we've used it on people. You can't take that out underneath the blood. Then you're, you're guilty of that. If you take it, well, find it for me and then I'll preach it. But I can't find it. That's why I ain't said nothing about it lately. First of all, you can't take nothing out from underneath the blood. That's right. No. That's right. Oh, you took that and you can't. If it's underneath the blood, that's where it stays. Brother Billy Paul asked Brother Branham, said, "Why is it that certain people you tell their sins and certain people you won't?" He said, "Because if it's under the blood, I can't see it. God don't show it to him. No. So you can't bring it out from underneath the blood. If you can't see it. Amen. That's all right. <laughs> yeah. All right. If you if you got enough power to take my sins out from underneath the blood, blood ain't got much power." Yeah. So you can't take my sins out of my blood. You can't even see them. You didn't even know they're there. Mm-hmm. Well, that was for somebody. And that was free. I don't charge anything for these sermons. Aren't you glad? That and right there would have had a high price tag on it? I'm not here to add or take away. I'm just here to correct some things that was wrong for years and years and years. Paul said when you judge or condemn somebody or pass sentence... You're posing as a judge and passing sentence on another. You condemn yourself. Because you who judge are habitually practicing the very same things that you censure and you denounce. Mm -hmm. See, I wonder sometimes. See, I I preached this back several years ago and it is true. There are levels of sin. I don't care what nobody tells you. There are levels of sin. There are some that bring a, a worse sentence on them from them than others. There, everything in the scripture is not called sin. There's some that's abominations. There's all different types of uh, uh, levels that God brings out as far as wording of it in the scriptures, and it all ain't just sin. It all, all sin is sin. It's the same. No, it's not. Neither is the the crime you do it. They don't judge every crime the same. Neither does ju- God look at every sin the same. They're all on different levels. Mm-hmm. You're gonna tell me that God's gonna judge me differently for you know for stealing a, you know a Kit Kat bar, the seven eleven, 11 the same as committing adultery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, the penalty's not the same. Mm-hmm. I said the penalty's not the same. Right. So therefore the sin is different. Right. There are levels of it. Mm-hmm. There are seven things that God hates. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So Solomon goes through them and tells us what God hates, and they're all not on the same level. But see what we want to do is see because you you know as well as I do that you would have it you would you would be easier on some, somebody that you knew about their past. Maybe they was a bank robber, as opposed to somebody that was a pedophile. You, it'd be easier for you to, to forgive somebody that robbed a bank yeah. than somebody that messed with kids. Yeah. Just be honest, be honest. Yeah. Ain't no sense you're trying to cover it up, just be honest. It's a whole lot easier for me to forgive somebody and overlook somebody that robbed a bank right. and didn't hurt nobody, just took the money, yeah. as long as it wasn't mine. <laughs> as opposed to somebody that messed with small children. I have a harder problem with that. The flesh has a harder problem with that. The mind, the spirit has a harder problem Y'all might as well say "Man," because we're all the same way. Well, I treat them all the same. No, you don't. No, you don't. None of us do. We look at people different when we know things about them. When none of us have any right to throw a stone at anybody for their past, present, or future. Because we all still need to be cleansed, washed by the water of the word. Praise the Lord. We still need to be justified. We still need to be sanctified. I'm just telling you, I do. I still need to repent. And not only just to repent to God, I still need to repent to people. Um, It's easy to repent to the invisible one, isn't it? Mm, But the one you have to face and look eyeball to eyeball, that's the one that's a little bit different. Matthew 7. I ain't going to keep you much longer, I promise you. Can't handle much of this. Feel like I'm a church of Christ.
5: <laughs>
3: Matthew chapter 7, verse 1. Judge not that ye be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge? Ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, mm-hmm. it shall be measured to you again. Yeah. So, whatever sentence you pass, now this is this is this is not being a lawyer. Now, this is being a judge. This is actually passing sentence. Mm-hmm. This is actually putting somebody in heaven or putting somebody in hell, mm-hmm. which none of us have a right to do no. to anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had so many people over the years at funerals ask me where that person is. They want to know where that person. Well if you don't know from their lifestyle, right. hmm. if you have a question as to where they're at, mm-hmm. that's a very sad story to me. Yeah. If you have to ask me where they're at, mm-hmm. that's very sad to me. Oh, cool. Good point. I trust that my testimony would be that people would look in that casket and see that body and say, I know where he's at.
5: Amen.
3: Because of the life that he lived, I know where he's at. I don't have to ask nobody. Amen. He left a testimony. He left a legacy behind. I know where he went. Amen. But I've had people over the years to ask me where this person went, where they at. And then I would look at that person and say, that's irrelevant because we can't change that. I'm not their judge. I would tell these people these words. They're in the hands of a just God. And I'm not that judge. None of us are that judge. God is the final say." There are going to be people there that we didn't think would make it. Amen. And we think certain people are going to be there that won't make it. That's why Ram said there will be disappointments on judgment day. People we thought would make it ain't going to make it. People we didn't think there was a snowball chance in hell, they're going to make it. That we didn't give no we didn't give no grace for. We gave them no mercy, but God did because it wasn't relying on yours. They was relying on God's. That's why I'm glad I'm not relying on yours. I'm relying on God's. It's God's grace and mercy is going to get me through, not yours. Because there's some people that are unmerciful. They don't have no grace for nobody, but they want it for themselves. But you let somebody else fall, you let somebody else make a mistake, and they're the first ones to throw them under the bus. But yet, when they fall, they want everybody to give them grace. They want everybody to be merciful to them. Wait a minute, if you didn't give it out, then you have no harvest to reap. Jesus declares in Matthew 5 and Sermon on the Mount, blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy. Only the merciful receive mercy. Only those that give out grace can receive grace. Are, you, are we together? The law of sowing and reaping uh, has to do with a whole lot more than just money. Every aspect of our life has to do with sowing and reaping. So if you don't give out mercy, if you're not in a place where, listen, I, I, I'd be... I, I, I think I would be better off to give mercy when there's not any yes. than not to give mercy when there is some. I'd rather be guilty of giving too much mercy than not enough.
4: Because
3: I'd rather God be guilty of giving me too much than not enough. For with judge what judgment you judge, you should be judged, and with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why, Jesus goes on in verse three, why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold a beam is in thine own eye? You know how many of us sitting here tonight is guilty of this?
5: Yes, that's
3: right, that's right. myself included.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: Yes. yes. No. We want. Hey, you want me? You want me help you get that splinter out? Yes. Mm-hmm. Let me help you get that splinter out of your eye. Mm-hmm. You know, I picked up a, <laughs> a microphone stand before and held it out of my eye. Mm-hmm. Big old long microphone stand you know, hanging out of your eye. You want to help somebody with their with their splinter in their eye? Let me let me help you with that. You need some help with that. You're knocking them all around with the beam, the telephone pole that's in your eye. Oh, excuse the telephone pole. Well, just get out of the way there. Let me help you with your splinter. (laughs) (laughs) See, because you you have to understand, uh, yeah, we're still in the book of Romans. Because all uh, all those things that Paul ends with in in chapter 1, all those horrible things that he ends up with of of what people were doing and the lifestyle they were living, what he was continuing on saying is, if it wasn't for the grace of God in your life, you'd be just like them. Amen. Amen. You know, we want to talk about everything that's going on out there in the area. a lot of junk, a lot of garbage, a lot of filth, a lot of perversion, a lot of violence, a lot of stuff going on. But had it not been for the grace of God in my life, I'd be right out there with them. Amen. David said it this way, had it not been for the Lord on my side, where would I be? Where would I be? So I've got, even though I preach against sin, I preach against things that are wrong, you have to have mercy for people. Because there are people that are trapped that don't want to be there. They want out. But we got to be careful that we that we rid ourselves of the beam in our eye before we try to help somebody with the toothpick in their eye. We've got to rid ourselves of our own problems first. Amen. Once you're walking perfect, then come help me with my toothpick. Once you've got things all figured out, you got all your I's uh, dotted and your T's crossed and everything, you're walking perfectly before God, then come and say, hey, let me help you with your toothpick. But until then, you work on your own self. The Bible says the bride hath made herself. You don't make your neighbor ready.
2: You make yourself ready.
3: By dealing with, when you look, James says, you look in the mirror of the Word. Who do you see when you look in the mirror? You don't see your neighbor. You don't see your spouse. (laughs) You see yourself. So when you look in the mirror, a mirror is there for inspection purposes. That's why we have mirrors. For inspection purposes. To inspect whether we're presentable or not. Oh, we'll make sure when we're going somewhere that somebody's going to see or talk about us. How we're dressed, how our hair is done, how we smell, how we look, what we're driving.
4: All right. Or oh, quiet up in here. We want to make a good
3: impression. That's right. So, in order to make a good impression, you have to have a good mirror. Yes, see, because you got to inspect yourself because whatever you see in the mirror is what they're seeing in you. Amen. 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 See, because when they look at you, they're not seeing your spouse, they're not seeing your neighbor, they're not seeing the deacon or the preacher or the we are seeing you. So you look in the mirror of the word and say, God, help me with my beam in my Amen. eye. Help me with my issues that I'm dealing with. And then once I get rid of my issues, then I can help my neighbor. Because there but for the grace of God go I. I don't know where I'd be had it not been for the grace of God in my life. I don't know what kind of lifestyle I'd be living. Oh, no. Oh we want to talk about all kinds of things Yes and there is a lot of things going on But where would we be
5: That's why Paul
3: goes on into this We call it chapter 2 But he was just continuing on in his letter Telling people now, now all this is going on in Rome But don't you judge them Don't you don't you pass sentence on them Because maybe they're caught in a trap And they want out Maybe they don't want to be that way Ain't a person here that ain't been caught in the trap. At one time or another in your life and you want it out. You didn't want to be that way. Maybe that person you're throwing under the bus don't want to be that way. Because see, you don't see the heart. Only God does. So don't presume. Because you're going to end up being rebuked like Samuel was. Because see, Samuel looked on Eliab and he looked at him and he's, you know, head and shoulders because he's judging him by Saul. That 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 is the you know his standard now. It's King Saul. King Saul was head and shoulders above all of Israel. So they chose the people's choice was King Saul, but God's choice was a shepherd boy. You see, when we look at David at seventeen years of age, what would we have seen? A shepherd boy. But see, God looked at the heart, and God seen the quality of a king. He's seen the character of a king because he's seen what he was doing with his daddy's sheep.
0: Yes.
4: Yes.
3: Why did he choose Elisha? Because he could plow a straight road. My God, help me preach tonight. The little things in life, it ain't the big things we do, it's the little things we leave undone. Amen.
5: Praise the Lord. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Plow a straight road. This is why
3: he was chosen to have a, se- a double portion. He could plow a straight road. You know how he could plow a straight road? Because he kept his eyes on the end. He kept his eyes on the prize. He didn't look at symptoms and situations, the one we're dealing with now. He's looking at the end result. God help us tonight not to look at what we're going through, not to look at symptoms, not to look at situations now, but keep your eyes on the prize. Praise the Lord. Listen, all these things we've been hearing about and preaching about and talking about and singing about for all these years, it's real. Amen. Yes, sir. It's real. We had a prophet in this generation go both places and tell us the reality of both places. And he told us when he went to hell at 14, whatever you do, don't go that place. Then he went to the other dimension. He said, whatever you do, don't miss that one. Just like in the days of Joshua and Caleb, they had spies, went to the other land. And ten came back with a negative right. report. Right. Two came back with positive. We had in this generation yeah. another spy, yeah. spy out the land,
5: yeah. oh
3: and told us, "Whatever you do, oh don't go to hell. Don't go to that place. Oh Being bored through with hot wires would be a pleasure." Oh he said to what I dealt with there. Oh yes, oh my! We can't. We can't fathom that. What he's seen there and the women there and the the, the greenery on their eyes and make them look like cats and, yeah. you know, uh, 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 yeah. listen yeah. to souls in prison 63 and he goes through the whole thing. Right. Yeah. And actually, at the end of that message, you get a chance that some some people don't like listening to souls in prison because it, yep. they uh, they can almost feel the demons around them. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty stiff sermon. Yes,
5: sir. Oh, yeah.
3: When you talk about souls that not are going to be in prison, <laughs> He didn't talk about you know those that are going to be in the future. He no. said souls that are in prison, in
4: prison now.
3: Now. Now. That's right. Right now. See, Jesus was sent to preach to the souls in prison. Yeah. Yeah. Right.
5: Mm. Yes, he did. Wow. Mm. Yes, he did. Mm. <laughs>
3: yeah. and we have one in this hour preach to souls in prison mm. while he was alive in yes. mm. this generation, telling us that hell hath enlarged herself mm. and he's right there in JC Penney back in hell again. The same thing he saw at 14 when he died. His buddy shot him on a hunting trip and he died and went to hell. Mm. Same thing he's seen in hell, he now sees in JC Penney. Yes, That's what he Same atmosphere, same women, same green eyes. Exactly same thing. I was back in hell. He didn't say I was back in JC Penny, he said I was back in hell again.
4: That's what he says.
3: So you know what? Every day we rub shoulders with hell that's why we need to be in church when the doors are open amen. we need prayer one for another amen. we need to love one another we amen. need to unify amen. closer amen. Than, than ever before we need to be stronger as a body as a family than we've ever been before hello somebody amen. we're dealing with hell every day of our life Thank you. don't ever think you don't need so and so and so we need everybody
5: everybody. Yes.
3: everybody that's part of the body don't take part of my body away I need it all
0: amen
2: Amen. Oh, yeah. Amen.
0: Amen. Lord.
3: Yes, sir. All of my body parts got a purpose. God Amen. put them in there for a reason. You got a purpose for being in this body,
4: yes,
5: and we need you. Amen. Amen.
3: We're not complete without you.
5: Thank
3: just because Lord. Lord. you don't preach or sing or play an instrument or have a position, don't mean nothing. Oh, I know. Brother Branham did not point to the ministers or himself and say, that "We are the success of the. We're the reason of the success of this meetings." No, he pulled back the curtain. There's John Ryan laying on his face before God. Been there for three days, fasting and praying for God for the meetings. He said, "There's the success of the meetings right there." Somebody nobody knew about. It. Didn't know he's behind there praying. Hello, somebody. Yes, sir. But you spend a little time in prayer for the services. Yes. Yes. Don't take them for granted.
4: No, no. Yeah. You know the
3: reason people go in, uh, to a camp meeting, there's camp meeting uh, uh, excitement, camp meeting atmosphere, mm-hmm. because, because people expect it to be camp meeting atmosphere because they bring camp meeting atmosphere with them. Yeah. Yeah. See, but we, we have Wednesday night service atmosphere.
4: Mm. <laughs> uh, come on. But we can have a revival camp meeting atmosphere
3: if you bring it with you. Yeah. Yeah. If you come to church expecting revival camp meeting, we can have a revival in camp
4: meeting.
3: I used to wonder about that years ago. I said, why is it with that? I go to camp meeting and go to a revival somewhere and more just, everybody's just on fire for God and you go back home. Mm. I mean, you can't, you can't pull an amen out of nobody. Yeah,
5: <laughs> oh my.
3: No, ain't nobody worshiping. Ain't nobody worshiping. Just left camp meeting. That's because people went with, with camp meeting expectation. Y'all know I'm telling you the truth. And then you come back home and it's the same old preacher and the same old deacons and it's the same old trustees and the same old Sunday school teachers and it's the same old, same old. Well, that's what you're going to get, the same old, same old. I'm going to tell you, uh, uh, if they take Wednesday night services from us, there'll be a fond memory. Who knows? Who knows what's going on behind closed doors? Right. Who knows what the government is doing to churches like this that's not that's not associated with any denomination. We have no earthly headquarters. What's government writing uh, bills against churches like this right now? Close us down because we got no earthly headquarters. Who, who who's your who, who, who's the head of your your your, your organization, Jesus? Well, we know that we know, but you know, Jesus is the head of every. No, he's not. No, he's not the head of every organization. Matter of fact, he's not the head of any organization. But see, if we can't if we can't prove to the government that we have somewhere on earth that we we give an account to. Because see, that's that's what that's what denominations do. See, the, the the headquarters tells the preachers what they can preach, what they can't preach. That's how it Uh, See, uh, some of you don't know things that go on in the message that uh, there are certain men in the message that think they're a bishop. They got other churches under them and they can tell them what to preach and what not to preach. Well, you come too late in the day, try to tell me what I can and what I can't preach. Ain't nobody in this message big enough to tell me what I can and can't preach. Whatever the Holy Spirit uh, lays on my heart, exactly what I'm going to preach. I ain't got to get nobody's uh, uh, permission. Are you kidding me? Well, I got a, I, 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 Years ago, and this is bringing up some long ago past, but when we had that little, that little work in Alabama, and I know I got really crucified for that, but I, I, I called a, an individual. I, I asked him if, if he'd come by and minister for that church since I couldn't make it that particular service. Would you come by and, and take the service for me? And he had the audacity to tell me, well, I got to call so and so and ask them if it's okay if I come and preach for you. Oh. That's the truth with my hand up. That's what they told me. I said, do what? you got to call and ask them if it's okay if you preach for me? I don't need you to preach for me then. If you got to get permission from some earthly bishop or some earthly preacher that it's okay or not okay to preach for that church, then I don't need you anyway. But that actually came out of their mouth. So you people live in a bubble. You don't know the spirits that come into this message. A lot of people don't know. You know, and I try to keep you protected from a lot of it. That's why I tell people be careful when you're streaming online. Eyes the gate to the soul. Be careful. Some of them demons don't jump out of that computer screen, right? Whatever phone, whatever you watch it on, right? Right.
5: Right.
3: Yeah, because there's a lot of them going back to Shuck. Don't go back to Shuck. I promise you, this preacher ain't taking you back to Shuck. I'm taking you back to seat again. Praise the Lord. Let's finish this up. We'll close. Some of you are really ready for me to close tonight. He says, <laughs> Matthew 7. Let's go back to that. Verse 3. Why be, beheldest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye? Verse 5. This is the, the love preacher. All right. This is the preacher that's full of love, right? Mm-hmm. Thou hypocrite. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, right. Calling people names. Mm-hmm. Uh, people don't, that don't want to be offended. Don't read Matthew 18. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every other verse he calls them hypocrites. Yeah. White walls.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. <laughs> blind leaders of the blind. Yes. Son of a snake. Yep. you're your father the devil yeah. this is what this love preacher is thou hypocrite oh I don't, that's, that's one thing I don't want to be that's one thing Brother Ram said God hates is a hypocrite I certainly don't want to be a hypocrite now hypocrite first cast out the beam out of thine own eye and then thou shalt clearly see clearly to cast out the moat out of thy brother's eye. See, you can't see clearly until you get your problem fixed. You can't see clearly because what you think you're seeing in your brother's eye is all out of focus
0: because
3: you can't see clearly because you're a hypocrite. And what now you're making this a huge issue when it's all out of focus and you think it's this big when it's really not because you can't see clearly. That's That's true. Until you cast the beam out of your eye, you'll never see clearly. Amen. You'll never see things as they really are. Amen. The devil will make things in your brother, in your sister, in somebody at church, make them so much bigger than they are in your life.
5: Oh, my. Oh, yes. Amen.
3: If they're doing it, it's huge, it's ginormous, it's astronomical. But if you're doing it, oh it's no heaven or hell. Of it. Uh, uh, but see, but see, when you when you become their judge and you pass sentence, you've done the same thing on your life. When you pass sentence on them, you've actually passed sentence on your own self.
0: Yes, sir.
3: Remember David? Yes, sir. When he passed sentence on the man that killed the lamb?
5: All right.
3: Right. he didn't realize he was passing sentence on himself
4: mm. hello
3: oh self-righteous David sitting on the throne of self-righteousness oh he needs to restore full fold and his own life are you sure are you sure you want to pass this sentence David are you really sure you want to pass sentence on a man that took an animal he didn't kill a human he killed an animal and yet David says you're going to, this man is going to pay fourfold and pay with his life because he killed an animal. Oh, yes. And here David is, is, is guilty of rape and murder. Oh, yes. Yes, sir. But see, he's not regarding his own sins he, because he's on the throne of self-righteousness. Oh, yes. oh, my. But see, when he passed sentence, he didn't realize he was looking in the mirror. Because you realize that the story... That Nathan told him was not real. It was a parable. It was a story that told David's life. Y'all didn't realize that, right? It's not real. He made it up to fit David's life. And when David looked at what he thought was a real story, David passed sentence. He didn't just inspect fruit, he passed sentence. He became this man's judge because he said he'll restore fourfold and give his own life. That's passing sentence. And then, then Nathan looks at him and says, Thou art the man. When we pass sentence, we are looking in the mirror. We are that person. It, oh, but I'm not guilty of what they But we're, we're all guilty of Something. All of us are guilty of something. That's right. yeah. Christians backslide how often? Yeah. Mm. So we're all guilty of something. Yeah. But then we want to we want to put them on certain tiers. Oh, I don't, I'm, but I'm not doing what they're
4: doing.
3: Oh, see, it's like preachers. They get on, on their self-righteous throne when another preacher falls in adultery, physical adultery, actually physically with a woman. But they themselves look in lust. And they're just as guilty see, see we, we don't comprehend that we still don't comprehend that we still don't put it on the same level but Jesus did he told us there's no difference whether you look in lust or you physically do the act there's no difference oh the ministers and, and other people are so quick when a man falls in physical adultery they're so quick oh my well I wonder if we really got down to where the rubber meets the road how many ministers are still preaching still pastoring that don't have a right to I wonder how how many acts of adultery they've committed in their mind in their heart and Jesus said when you've lusted committed adultery in your heart you're just as guilty I'm just telling you what the Bible says but see we still don't look at it that way we still look at somebody that does it in the physical realm worse than somebody that does it no Jesus didn't say that no Just like when Brother Ram said three things for ministers to watch out for. Money, women, popularity. He didn't put them on different levels. So a man that falls with popularity is just as wrong as a man that sleeps with somebody outside of his wife. But where do we draw the line? We know where to draw a line when he falls with a woman. But where do we draw the line when he falls with popularity or money? See, that's when discernment needs to come into play. You don't need discernment when he falls with a woman because it's well known. I mean, hey, the physical act happened. Can't deny that. Happened in the flesh. But when when you go into another realm, whether it's popularity or women, or money, rather, then all of a sudden brother, brother Adam puts them on the same level. We don't know when to discern when one's as bad as the other. Well, when a man gets to the place to where he thinks that if he discerns somebody or prophesies over somebody and and it's wrong, Mm -hmm. that he's above that Mm -hmm. and he don't have to repent over that, it's time for him to sit down. Mm. I don't care if he's got all nine gifts of the Spirit. If you abuse them and you get them wrong, oh, it's quiet up in here. Uh, that's true. They want to tell somebody something, and then and then, and then it not be hundred percent correct. So when God says anything, you go listen to tapes. Right. You don't find Brother Baden back backing up and having. Well, let, let me change it, change that. No, he didn't have to change none of it. That's right. That's right. It was so pinpoint accurate and correct, telling us how people was dressed and you know, I mean, all kinds of going back in their childhood and uh, all kinds of uh, intricate details about people's lives. These people today aren't doing that. No, Universal discernment. You know, see, because of what my my family came out of, I have a real problem with men that try to operate gifts. Mm -hmm. I have a real problem with it. Because they operate them, a lot of of times they operate them in an area where people can't catch them. See, uh, you you can find them guilty many times, but you can't put the cuffs on them. Mm -hmm. They're charlatans, Mm -hmm. imitators, Mm -hmm. Janice and Jambers want to catch people's attention by some kind of a gift. Mm-hmm. Oh my. Ah, it's yeah. quiet, boys,
4: quiet. Mm-hmm.
3: See, if the word, if we have the word, then I don't need somebody to tell me my name and address. That's right. That's right. See, probably God tells us first and second pull was just to get our attention. Right. If he don't have our attention by now, then you, you're you too far gone. Yeah. Oh He's already got my attention. First and second pull's already got my attention. I don't need first and second pull. I believe we're in the third pull. Amen. Amen. I believe Hebrews 4:12 is in effect in this building tonight I believe it already has been in effect in this building tonight I believe it's every service that's what we need the word to be a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart we don't need some kind of a gifted man up here tell, telling people you have a shadow over you word. well you move you know in light the right way I can catch a shadow over all of you I'm not being funny I'm being serious. People they'll use all kinds of things, and we don't know whether they're they're telling the truth or not. Yeah. Right. And then people are afraid to expose it because well, I don't want to expose the man of God. Well, if he's lying, he needs to be exposed. Because yeah, yeah. wow.
4: yeah. mm.
3: what it ends up being, well, it's quiet in here. Somebody drop a might drop a hair. I believe you could hear a hair hit the floor. He says, thou hypocrite. This is the category that he puts people in that have a, their own problem and won't deal with it and can't see clearly. Mm-hmm. Well, you get, that, you, you get that taken care of, then you can see clear to it clearly God. to help to get the mold out of your brother's eye. Mm-hmm. But first, you've got to get the beam out of yours. Mm-hmm. Thou hypocrite. Oh, yes. hmm. Like I said, I'll close with this. At the end of chapter, uh, chapter 1 in the book of Romans, Paul deals with all kinds of, all kinds of things in, in chapter 1. At the end of chapter 1. I mean, he goes through all kinds of different things that people were doing. Slanders, hateful to and hating God, full of insolence, arrogance, boasting, inventors of new evils, forms of evil, disobedient and undutiful to parents. This is from the Amplified. Without understanding, consciousnessness. Faithless, heartless, loveless, and merciless.
4: Mm.
3: This is is what the amplifier said about the last part of chapter one. Mm. Then Paul, as they, when they was uh, interpreting the Bible, they turned to chapter two. Paul is is is, keeps on writing, and he lets us know. Now I want you to understand Mm. that be careful when you judge these people that I just read to you about Mm. that are doing all these things. Be careful because you've got something you're dealing with, and if you are too quick to tip them over into hell, that might be your own judgment, too. Oh, brother, I'm not doing anything bad enough. We all do things bad enough to go to hell over. The thoughts that go through our mind on a daily basis is enough to send us to hell over. We can't help the thoughts, I understand that, but they're still enough to send us to hell that's why we still need a cross hello somebody we still need to repent God I, I, I'm sorry for those thoughts I know that you know you can't help a bird flying over your head that's true but don't let him roost in there you can't stop that that's up to you you can't stop a bird from flying over but you can stop him from building a nest in your hair that's our part you ain't building no nest I can't stop the thought but I, you ain't building no nest in there I, I, I ain't letting this feeling until my brother or sister have a nest in my hair. Amen. I'm going to stop it right now. Satan's yeah. the one put that thought there and, and if you let him he'll build a nest about a certain brother or a certain sister. Yeah.
4: Sure.
3: Before long you got uh, anger issues. You've got, you got jealousy issues. You've got you got bitterness issues. Boy, it's quiet up in here. Because you've allowed that to build a nest. You could have stopped it in the very infancy. But see, we don't stop it. Because we feel like we got a right to throw a stone. No, we don't. Nobody does. nobody got a right. Because the very second that you start judging people, passing sentence, sentences on people, you're actually passing sentence on your own self. exactly right. Because see, people are so complex in their spirit, they're very quick to judge someone else, Else, and the whole time, that complex is judging themselves. Because they know themselves better than anybody else. Hmm? You know yourself better than anybody else knows you outside of Jesus. And when you're quick to throw, throw that finger up start pointing fingers, remember, you got three more pointing back at yourself. this will lead into next wednesday should god tarry this coming weekend will be brother caleb campbell will actually be here this weekend a lot of us are going up to the wedding up in kentucky and so i'm gonna to have to let brother caleb know it's nothing personal this weekend there's gonna be a lot of people out of town so I'm going to have to tell him, nothing personal. It's going to be a lot of people out of town, so don't take it personal. Uh, <laughs> when he shows up, and there's a third of what normally supposed to be here. Uh, just a lot of people are going to be out of town up at the wedding. And uh, so Brother Caleb, will, uh, most of you know, he's his family just lost a little one just a few months ago. So I was talking to him here a couple days ago about uh, getting him to come down. And he said that God has certainly been gracious to him. And I said, I can't even imagine. Uh looking at a coffin because I watched part of the service and that coffin and actually being your babies and your baby laying in that coffin that's true you know we don't understand all things we don't have all the answers but God does all things well and he makes no mistakes you know we say those things but when we're in those shoes that's a hard pill to swallow when you got a baby that's just a few hours old a few days old whatever it was and and you're having to plant that one that little one in the ground. That's <laughs> that's tough. And, and, uh, and people that's never walked that road, it's easy for them to start quoting scriptures. Mm-hmm. Tell pe- telling people just trust in the Lord, have faith. What? let's turn to, <laughs> let's put you in those shoes. That's right. Oh, brother. Yes, sir. You know when when my sisters passed and we had, you know, because of my, my family's background, we had a lot of Pentecostal people that came to the funerals and the and the viewings of my sisters, a lot of Pentecostal people. Uh, came and you know come up to my mom and like I told you most of you know that I was still at home when my first sister passed so I stayed pretty close to mom at the funeral home uh, watching her you know she was up in ages to watching her make sure she, she was okay because I've seen how she was grieving at home uh, I seen things that other people didn't witness so I was making sure she was okay and you know take care of and whatnot and man you know I'm an 18 year old punk kid right mm. I don't know much but I know that mom, mama's hurting mama's grieving mm. Her 32 year old baby girl just passed away. What she didn't need is these Pentecostal women coming up to her and giving her a word. Mm -hmm. And start speaking in tongues and start, whoa, time out. You don't know how many times I had to pray and pray in the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. You don't know how many times I was in the flesh and I was like, if you don't shut up. First of all, they have no confidence in what was coming out of their mouth. <laughs> I know what I know where they was going and what they come out of. I know what we come out of. I know all that. You know that's you know that's what they believed in. And somebody had to you had to bring a word. Somebody had to come give a word. So they'd come give my mom a word. I'm standing. I'm bawling. I'm putting water. You know, I'm putting water all over this fire. <laughs> Well, you ain't never been there, but they're trying to, you know, give my mom a word. Wait a minute, let's turn the tide. Let your thirty-two-year-old daughter be in the, in the casket in there in the other room. See how you're dealing with it. They think they think the people shouldn't grieve. That we're Christians, bless God, we shouldn't grieve. Well, tell Jesus that in John eleven thirty-two. And the Bible says Jesus wept. Now he can be touched by the feeling of our infirmities because he went through it himself. Yes, sir. And then want to come and prophesy over my mother. Well, see, the problem is that some of these same Yahoos came to church and prophesied over my sisters and said they weren't gonna die. He died. He died. He
5: died.
3: And then after they did die, they wanted to prophesy something else. No, get out your, get your get out of here.
4: <laughs> they finna put me in jail because you're going to the hospital.
3: You ain't walked in them shoes. That's why I told Brother Caleb, I said, Brother, I said, I, 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 I don't know how I would deal with that. Mm. This, this infant, my goodness. Mm. And wasn't even supposed to have the, the time they had with the uh, little Zoe. They was not supposed to have the time with it. Science said should have been born, uh, stillborn. Mm. But God gave him some time with the, yeah. the little one. We're thankful for that. But still, that's tough. And it and, and goes back to what I've been preaching tonight. We're so quick to pass sentence on somebody else when we ain't never walked in them shoes. Oh, yeah.
5: That's right. mm.
3: You know, I, I, I'll, I'll say this, and I'll, I was going to go somewhere else, but obviously the, the Lord wanted me to go this direction. When, when Brother Brian's mom passed in 92, and Brother Henry was pastoring the church at the time, we was over on Harold Dobbs Road, there was people actually left the church who got so angry because he would grieve He would break down in the pulpit and he would cry. Well, he just lost his wife of 12 years. I mean, his, 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 you know, his my sister Gail. And she was the love of his life. She was absolutely, I mean, if I ever knew two people loved one another, I knew them two people loved one another. Mm. And when she died, it was a horrible blow to him. Mm. And so it was hard for him to to carry on. It was difficult for him to, you know, keep pastoring the church and keep going on. So people actually left the church because they want to sit under a grieving pastor. Well, I'm going to tell you right now. If God calls Sister Lisa. Y'all going to be dealing with a grieving pastor. And I'm probably going to take a six month sabbatical. And if y'all, y'all, y'all got a problem with that. Y'all, y'all might as well vote somebody else in. Because I'm going to tell you what. That's, that's not easy to do. Just to pick up the pieces and move on. And not grieve and not, and not go through. No. Give them some time. Whatever the time they need. Give it to them. Work with them. They worked with you, yeah. Mr. Pastor. They was there for you. Now you be there for them. Just saying, my time's gone. <laughs> Way gone. That it's been good to be in church. Amen. I'm glad I pressed on. Oh,
5: yes.
3: Well, Jimmy, bless your heart. You've been struggling here tonight. I've been praying for a while. I've been preaching. That cough trying to come back on him. He'd been suppressing and fighting it. I take my hat off to somebody like that and just come on to the house of God and fight that. So a lot of people just stayed at home. But I pray God just continue to touch him. Completely heal him of that. Give me G. So there'll be several of us going out of town this weekend for the wedding there in Kentucky. So you just hold those going up, uh, uh, driving for the wedding hold them up for the Lord. And then... That'd be remaining, you know. Brother, it won't be very many. All you need two. That's right. there's two or more. That's it. That's all you need. Uh, some of you people know this, some of you don't, but in 1999, I drove 14 hours one way. Mm-hmm. Me and my family, 14 hours one way. She, she remembers. 14 hours one way to preach to 12 people. Oh, yeah. And we had church 19. with 12 people as they come expecting, because they didn't have a pastor, and they didn't have many people come through and preach. So when I came through, they was ready and re- rare and ready to go. And they pulled on, pulled on me the whole weekend. Then we turned right around and drove 14 hours back for 12 people. What's the value of a soul? What's the value of a soul? You can't, you cannot put a price. When Brother Brown said 10,000 worlds, he's telling us you can't put a price tag on a soul. Give them all. Testing all your care. That's right. All your care. That's right. On Him. Amen. For He cares for you. I'm so glad He does. Amen. I'm so glad we have a place. Amen. In the name of the Lord is a strong title. We can run into it and be safe. Amen. Friend, we're living in the most wicked hour there's ever been. Amen. Ever in the history of the entire world. Yes, this is the worst it's ever been. And yet God has preordained and predestinated a bride that will not fall. Amen. That will not fall. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. Oh, but Brother Daniel, I fall every day. Well, what you do when you fail? You get up. You dust yourself off. You repent. You make things right. So as far as he's concerned, you've never fallen. Not looking in the evidence book of the prosecuting attorney. We're looking in the evidence book of the judge himself. When he looks down the past sentence and he sees nothing but blank pages, there's no evidence. That's how he passed the sentence on you. No evidence. Little bride, you never done it in the first place. Where was the first place in his mind? Never done it. Not guilty of it. No evidence. Imagine being in a real court of law and the judge opening up the book of evidence. Keep turning pages and keep turning pages. And every page is blank. You're talking about people with you you know, someone brought an accusation against you and then the judge looks at every page and it's blank. I'd be a little bit happy about that. No evidence against me. What you gonna do with that, prosecuting attorney? gonna do with that, Beelzebub? What you gonna do with that, devil? The judge is gonna pass sentence according to the evidence brought against me that he has in his his hands. And he can't find no evidence, so he's gonna pass sentence on lack of evidence and throw it out of court. Never done it in the first place. Not guilty. I'm free. Free from the guilt of the past. (laughs) <laughs> let the devil bring his all his accusations he wants but make sure you're not an accuser of the brethren that's his job don't take his job from him. he's going to do it anyway but make sure you're not an accuser of the brethren be the one that always lifts somebody up always find something positive in somebody's life if you're looking for something negative the devil will certainly show it to you if you look for something negative in me You don't have to look very far. I got all kind of faults. But let's look for the Christ in each other. Let's look for the good things in each other. And God will certainly show those to you if you're looking for them. I don't want to find faults. I don't want to look for faults. See, if I start passing sentence on others, the same measure I pass out sentence, to turn like a boomerang and come right back to me. The thing that made David a man after God's own heart, even after he passed sentence, as a king, as a king, a king could do whatever he wants to. But David didn't take the position of a king, he took the position of a repentant sinner. And he hid his face before God and said, oh God, cast me not away from your presence, oh Lord creating me a new spirit. He repented. And the thing about David's heart was he never went and done it again. Because that's true repentance. It's not keep on and keep on and keep on. But really, I didn't want to do that anyway. I was calling it a trial, but I wanted out. So this is my way out. So God, creating me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, O Lord. And even after the baby died, David got up, clothed himself, and went and sat down and ate. And they questioned, the counselors and the advisors questioned, said, while the boy was sick, you wouldn't eat, you fasted, you prayed the whole time, the whole seven days the child was alive, he was sick. And Then when he died, you get up, you stop praying, you stop fasting, you eat, clothe yourself. He said, look, while he was yet alive, there was hope. But now he's gone. Now, I can go to him, but he can't come to me.
4: <laughs>
3: That's what he said. I can go to him, but he can't come to me. So what's the point in me now? Fasting and praying and asking God to spare his life. God's already took him. So David moved on. He said, this is, my, this is my sentencing that God us me in Bathsheba. The life of our son. But through that union, God brought forth a Solomon. Listen, all things should still work together for good. To them that love the Lord. It's been good being church. Amen. I'm glad I came. I'm glad you came, because if you didn't, I wouldn't have anybody nobody to preach to I right. yes. God bless you all. Let me be dismissed. Service so back here, as I said, Brother Caleb will be here this weekend, so we'll be remembering him this weekend as, uh, as he ministers this weekend, and those that be here, uh, pull up on the gift and, and uh, wear him out while we're going. Just. Amen. Use the gift for your benefit because that's what it's there for. And uh, just let the Lord speak to your heart. And then we'll, most of us will be traveling back on Sunday from Kentucky. So just hold us up before the Lord uh, in prayer as, we, as we're on the road traveling. Uh, you, don't, you don't need as much prayer at home as you do on the roads. You need a whole lot of prayer on these roads.
5: you
3: tell talking about maniacs. Because you, you realize you're the only one who knows how to drive so we need a whole lot of prayers on the road so give me that name of the Lord is a strong tower righteous run
5: into it they are saved the name of the Lord is a strong is run into it. They are saved. so blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, blessed be the name